0: The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Show on the Wild Style Network. Here are your hosts, Q, Smitty, Matt, and Jay Cam.
1: Hey, Wednesday night, Notebook Wagering time. I am Smitty, live from the Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. I got our guy up in Pittsburgh, Nails. What is happening, my man? How's it treating you up there?
0: Cold, buddy. Winter is here. It's not probably going away, but we have great college football, great college basketball, big NFL slate, even though we have a bunch of buys, which is boo on UNFL. But let's go. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I want to dive in before we dive into the great college football slate, the NFL slate. I want to go. Do you have any bets tonight? Because this is a betting show. If anyone's watching live, let's try to get some winners for some people. I got I got some basketball plays now. A couple have tipped off, but do you have anything on your card tonight?
0: Uh, just late. I took USC to cover 17 against Eastern Washington, last game of the night. That's it. I've been just too busy to dig in. Um, but I'm going to give out a team that I'm going to keep an eye on all year is Hofstra. Really good team, even though they're going to middle around like early with some tougher games they're like three and two or four and two but their their numbers are usually really good and they're a tough out and they're a team that i'm gonna look for all year and even in the tournament time and i'm gonna try to see if i can ride the uh costra and i don't who knows it's gonna be my my go-to
1: i like it i like it i got a big card i'm coming off a of four and one night in college basketball last night so what am i on right now UVA right now is playing. They're down a point. Last time I checked, I'm on them money line tonight. I got that at minus 120. I locked that in early in the morning before I went to work. Wichita State, I jumped on them. They're up eight last time I saw. I jumped on them this morning, minus 145 money line. I jumped on UNC from the great site. Sharp Angle Syndicate, my boy, man. He gave that out. Tonight, I'm on them. They're up by about 20 right now against Tennessee. I have them money line. What do I have late tonight? I got two. So if you want to play, jump in with us. Let's have a little fun tonight. Late night college basketball action. Vandy against BC. I took them money line earlier today. Minus 145. Last time I saw it, jumped down to minus 135. I don't like where the line is going, but what can you do? And then I'm on Seattle tonight, money line against Utah Valley. I got them money line minus 145. So that is our live action right now. You got to always love it. Let's try to win some money. All right, Maddie, conference championship time. This is what we're talking about. I'm excited. Now, before we dive into the games, they came out last night. You have Georgia number one, Michigan, our Michigan team number two. Another great job beating Ohio State. I loved every second of it. Then you get Washington. And then you get Florida State. They kept Florida State in there. So overall, I just want to hear really quick, a minute or so, what's your overall thoughts on the top four?
0: I think they're right. I I can't find a fault in anything. A lot of people are saying, well, Michigan beat Ohio State, who is two. They should go to one. And I don't think so. Georgia did nothing wrong. They can't help it that they end the year with their rival, Georgia Tech, which is a stupid game to end the year with anyway. But anyway, but, but, I mean, they've won 29 games in a row. How can you move them out of there? Somebody's got to knock them off for them to get out of there. I think the committee or whoever it is nowadays did a great job. It, there's You have to leave Florida State in there because they're undefeated. It is not their fault that they lost Jordan Travis. It's kind of like the old Kenyon Martin Cincinnati team back in the late 90s when they were in the NCAA tournament. That's a little different, though. They got seeded, I believe, as a two back then. They probably should have been a one, but that's, that's how the cookie crumbles, man. I, I think they're right, and I I think the, the real dilemma is going to be, though, is if Florida State does win the ACC, there's no way you can move them out. And if you do, there's just going to be madness because you have a Power 5 team that goes undefeated, not in the final four. People will lose their mind.
1: Okay, so that's, that's,
0: that's it. I, I mean, I think it's. I think they did
1: a great job. That's where I was headed now because that's the team. Florida State's the team. You know, it is tough. I saw somebody put it on X today, and I thought it was a great point. That can you look at the whole team and say, "Hey, sorry guys. By the way, you're gonna if you win, if they win, now they got to win. Louisville's a good team. We'll break that game down here in a second. But if you look at the whole team and you go, "Sorry guys," You lost the quarterback, so you're not in. I mean, I think that's hard to do. And I get everybody on some of these shows today were like, well, they're going to play Georgia and it's going to be a big spread. Well, you know, that's what it is. I mean, sometimes games are close. Sometimes they're blowouts. I mean, did you think TCU was going to do what they did against Michigan last year? I mean, they scored a ton of points on them. I mean, Michigan played Georgia two years ago. That game was a blowout. So, I mean, that happens. So, okay, I'm kind of glad. That's kind of where I'm at, too. I mean, I get it. We'll see what happens here. I think they did it right. There's no way Michigan should be higher than Georgia. Georgia should be number one. Michigan should be two. And right now, Washington deserves that spot. Now, let's see what happens Friday. That's going to be the first game we're going to dive into. So, guess what? Let's dive into it right now. You got ABC. You got the Pac-12 championship game, 8 p.m. You got Oregon playing Washington. Maddie, both these teams, um, you know, extremely high scoring teams. Oregon's averaging 45, Washington 38. 11 and 1 Oregon team against 12 and 0 Washington. Who was that loss? Well, Oregon lost to Washington October 14th, 36 33 in Washington. So, Maddie, let's get the breakdown here. Line. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Do you think this is going to be Washington's going to, this can be a repeat, man, it's tough to beat a team two games, two times in a row in a season. And Oregon is just playing extremely well. I mean, this team is on fire since they lost this game. What's your overall thoughts on this game?
0: Well, first shout out to the PAC 12. Uh, this is your swan song. You're, you're, you're out after this one. There's no more PAC 12, Oregon, Washington going to the big 10. So I, I mean, it's, the Knicks game, Bo Nix versus Penix. It's I don't get the line. I, I can't believe an undefeated team is a nine and a half point favorite in a neutral site when they've already beat them. I know Oregon is like full steam ahead right now. They're they're in the perfect spot. They're the team who's on fire, hitting every note. It, they're they're also four zero and one on the road and in a neutral site against the spread. So. I heard a stat that I believe a double-digit conference championship game has only happened in, like, the Power Five, maybe the last X number of years twice. And both of them have covered. So it's kind of scary that when this occurs, Oregon's the favorite to cover this. And I just don't understand it. I I can't play this. I I really can't because I'm not sure – how the spread is that high at nine and a half for a team that won by three, you're basically saying there's a 12 point difference from earlier in the year. And man, I don't see it. I, I, I like Washington. The problem is I think in Vegas, I think Oregon's have a going to have a home crowd advantage. I, I think the people are just going to go down there, travel, party and whatnot, and go nuts. They, they have a bigger fan base, you know, with the whole Nike thing. This is a no play for me, Smitty. I, I, I think, watching tape too and seeing Oregon's wide receivers just run open constantly and you can't stop the run game. They're so fast. You have to lean Oregon. I just, I can't trick my mind into doing it. And I should probably just look at numbers and not even look at teams and go from there, but I can't do it. So I'm going to stay away for now.
1: Yeah. You know, everything I follow with the, the predictors and some people I really trust, they have it right here. I mean, it's close. It's like nine, it's 10. I mean, it's right here. And like you said, it opened at seven and a half. Now it's up to nine and a half. And like you said, a team that's already beat someone, I, I get it. It's tough to beat a team twice. And it's, it's tough if you see Oregon beat them and it's a close game. And it's like, well, okay, they're one and one. Now why should Oregon maybe jump them? I guess it's on a neutral field. It's in Las Vegas. I think it's tough. I mean, this is, this is a Heisman too. You got Bo Nix. Bo Nix is putting up the numbers. I know some people that are on um, a ticket on with Bo Nix to win the Heisman got yeah, Daniels out of LSU, but Michael Penix is right there too. How about if he has a big game? Can he get back into it? I know they've struggled a little bit here. They haven't, but that was a good win a couple weeks ago when they went into, you know, Oregon State and beat them in a really like a monsoon. I mean, that was tough. That was tough. And they played, they played hard, you know, good wide receivers, running backs. Okay. Two top line, but this Oregon team scoring so much. I'm on nothing right now in this game. I think it's hard to take this game also. I want to look at team points. Could this get high scoring? It's indoors. This could, could this be up and down? I think this could be up and down. Keep an eye on the over in this one. All the things I have, I've seen some 36-25, 41-31, 38-28. There's a lot of people that think this could be a high scoring game. So kind of keep an eye on the over under with that. And maybe some team points if you like playing team points. And I love playing team points. Hey, Ken, great to have you in the chat, my friend. Hail to the victors. You better believe it, my good, good, good friend. Keep bragging up Michigan because that team is tough, and we're going to talk about them in a little bit. All right, Maddie, let's go Saturday, noon, ABC. Jerry's World, I think that's where they're playing this. Oklahoma, yep, Oklahoma State, Texas. It's a Texas team that has to be motivated here. They're right there. They're right cracking into the door. Can they get in and get into this playoff? This is a big line everybody. 14 and a half. Over unders 55 and a half. Again, this is a 9 and 3 Oklahoma State team against 11 and 1. Just I wrote down some ATS 7 and 5 ATS this year for Oklahoma State 6 and 6 for Texas. Both teams average in the 30s with points. Oklahoma State gives up a little bit more on defense than Texas does. This was this one I mean, Maddie, overall, do you think this is too high for a championship? I mean, this up to 14 and a half. Some, it might, and that was a little earlier today. Is it a little higher? Could it be a little higher?
0: Um, no. I actually think this is right. And don't be afraid. I, look, I hate Texas. I've always hated the Longhorns. Sorry, Pam Maldonado. I know that's your squad. I bet them I got them at minus 14, and I'm not afraid to hit them if they even goes to minus 15 again. I probably won't, but I don't think Oklahoma State's very good. And their strength is Ollie Gordon, who runs the ball, and he runs it really, really well. However, Texas' biggest strength is their D-line. Not only is their D-line probably right there with Michigan, their backup D-line, it's just like Michigan. They just shuffle guys in and out. I think they're going to wear down this kid. I don't think he's going to have the big plays or the explosion. they Ewers is back. or three and 0 with him. I mean, basically, he's a – I'm not going to say he's a pro quarterback. He's probably going to get drafted in, like, the fourth, fifth round and be one of those guys. And Oklahoma State doesn't have the talent Texas has worthy on the outside. Give me the Longhorns all day. I actually think this is going to be a pretty easy win for Texas, and I think they need to win big in case Alabama ekes out a win against Georgia. Because that's what it's going to come down to. That last spot, the scenario is, is just nuts of what could happen this weekend and who gets into the Final Four. Texas has to make a statement, and they better do it big time against this Oklahoma State team.
1: Yeah, you know, this an Oklahoma State team. Like you said, the quarterback can't make mistakes, and sometimes he does. Bowman throws some picks. He had two last week. This was a team. They had their game last week, man. BYU had him. I think it was double overtime. It took Gordon, like you said, what a great game. He had 34 carries, 166 yards, five touchdowns to get back in there. But Bowman struggled. He can't throw picks. He has a lot of picks this year. Problem with Oklahoma State, like you said, their run defense is not the greatest. Now, Texas, I think they're going to pound the ball. Blue coming off a pretty good game. 10 carries, 121 yards, one touchdown. And that. Yours again. Not the greatest numbers last week. I mean, they put a whipping on Texas Tech, 57-7 to last week. Unbelievable. Their wide receivers are very dangerous. This is a team, like you said, they got to make a statement again. Another good statement, another high-scoring game here, and they whip somebody. They can sneak in. Can this happen? I think it can happen. So keep an eye on this. I think it's another great team points over. Keep an eye on that over. This could get high scoring. Again, indoor game, this could be a very, very high scoring game in this. So I'm looking. I have not I have not laid anything yet. I'll be very honest. I have no bets yet for football. I mean, you know I'm going to, but I do not right now. I think this game extremely is up and down. I think it's going to be a fun pace kind of game.
0: Moving on. Yeah, and you got to remember, this is going to be a home game for Texas. I mean, that crowd is going to be 75%, if not more. Uh, hook them horns, and it's going to get loud, and it should. And Jerry's all for it. Pack them in there, 100,000, get them all in there, get them rowdy, make it make it, make it it fun. So, yeah, I think Texas is in, in prime position to stamp their card for potentially a Final Four.
1: All right, Ken said Oregon, double-digit, big winner here. So, Ken, type in what you think with the Texas game. We'll just shout them out, my man. That's the way we do it here. So, all right, you got 4 p.m., you got uh, SMU, Tulane, ABC game. Man, that game last week, I'm going to say, I had I had UTSA against Tulane, and that was just not a great coming off a of Thanksgiving holiday on Friday. What a – just like seven turn – I mean, what a disgrace. It, it just drove – that game drove me crazy. So – You know, you got some problems here. That game's five and a half for Tulane, a very good team, 11 and one, five and seven ATS against a great SMU team, too, 10 and two, uh, seven and five ATS. But here's the problem. Stone, the quarterback's not, he's out. You got Jennings is coming in. Jennings has done a lot of mop-up duties here. I'm shocked, Maddie, that this line, again, I, I have not looked at the most recent updated lines on this. This was just maybe a day ago or early this morning, five and a half. Do you think this one could get a little higher? Cause again, you're going with the backup here.
0: See, yeah, I'm seeing three and a half.
1: You're seeing three and a half now. Wow.
0: Yeah. Which is shocking. It opened three and a half. It's still a three and a half. I don't get it. The over under has came down by five points, which is understandable because SMU is going to be without their quarterback. But how is the line not moving when it opened three and a half? Still three and a half. They, I heard that Vegas took some really big bets on SMU and kind of shocking. If I, if you put these two on a piece of paper in front of me, gave me their stats and everything, and then told me the one is without their quarterback, I'm going to bet two lanes. However, I bet two lanes twice this year and I lost both. Both times I bet them, they burned me. Again, this is a no play for me. I don't I don't understand why this line hasn't moved, even up to five, five and a half, even six. I mean, this, too, is another home game, basically, for Tulane. They're playing down in New Orleans. Dome, SMU's got to travel. It's not like it's a big, uh, crazy fan base for SMU. Tulane, hot, one of the most winning teams over the last two, three years. I mean, give me the green wave, at least give me the green wave on a money line, I think is maybe the safe bet, but yeah, I don't have a plan early. Maybe somebody can talk me into it.
1: Now, you know, one with the points Tulane is a very good defensive team. Only giving up 18 SMU's only given up 17. I mean, they score 41. Now you think you're going to take a dip there. Now stone's not in there. I think that's for sure is going to happen with Jennings yep. here. So I think, and I have early um, earlier in the week, maybe 14 mile per hour wins down there, Maddie. So that can affect that total a little bit, but I'm shocked that that's, Going down. I mean, again, this kid, everything I've heard, mop up. You know, I think, you know, Bobby Petrino's in the news right now, heading back to Arkansas. Wasn't he at like Southwest Missouri State like two years ago?
0: (laughs) I don't know where Bobby Petrino's been other than riding motorcycles.
1: (laughs) Riding motorcycles with girlfriends on the back. And that's the way (laughs) life should be, except wrecking the motorcycle. So, (laughs) yeah. So, I don't know. I heard that. I thought it was Petrino. Maybe I'm off on that, but uh, it's good we brought Bobby Petrino into the show and did a little fun there with that. Anyway, so, I, man, I don't know. This is stay away from me, too. I think Tulane's a better team. I think this could be, keep an eye, it would have been good if you could have got at that 48 and a half, especially if the wind's there, if it's trickling down. Let's throw the card. Let's move on. Here we go. Four o'clock. I think this one's going to take a little bit more attention away than that Tulane game. I'm going to just say that. Maybe I'm right on it, or maybe Tulane fans can uh, watch the show and uh, get in the live chat and say I'm crazy here. You got Georgia. You got Alabama. Six and a half for Georgia, 54 and a half. You got Georgia coming in 12-0, and, and one ATS. You got Bama 11-1, and 7-4 and 4 ATS. Here we go, Matt. This is big-time program's. They're ready for the battle on Saturday. Can this Bama team come back, take control of the SEC? The beginning of the year, our preview shows, you said this this Bama team was going to come in and bully and get back on top. And man, my friend, you called it pretty well. Now, that was a struggle last week. I had him in a money line parlay with Oregon, Michigan. I needed it. And when after Michigan won, I was like, this is going to be the easiest. Alabama's not going to lose to Auburn. Well, that was a sweat. That was a little scary. What's yeah, your overall what, what thought, is, man? Can your team come back and take over the SEC? Can they?
0: Yes. Yeah. No, the question is, will they?
1: Will they? Probably
0: um, not. Wow. I mean, after that high last week they have to come in here thinking we can we can accomplish just about anything look at that game we pulled out we didn't deserve to win now we have now our backs are basically up against the wall we're going against the new bully of the SEC I mean Georgia's owned it 29 wins in a row this would be 30 and for Saban this is unheard of this could be a three-year run no college playoff run so, I mean, this line, I believe, started out at four and a half. We're now at the six. I'm seeing a six out there. Over-under is 54 and a half. Neutral site. I mean, they're both going to pack the place. So this will be a 50-50 split. Milroe, I believe, is the better quarterback than Beck. However, I think Georgia is basically in the mold with Michigan. I think they are number one and number two for best teams out there. They don't make many mistakes. Every unit seems to work in unison together. It's like like they feed off of each other. And Bama, I don't think, has stars to get them over Georgia. And I really like that McConkie kid. And with Brock Bowers back, I don't think Bama can get enough stops without like the super talented defense that they've had in the past. I think you have to ride with Georgia here, which defeats my whole – Preseason pick of Bama, but it shook out the way I thought it would. Bama did do what I thought they needed to do. That one loss is going to sting, but I'm leaning Georgia, especially if I can get that six and they cover and get a touchdown win here.
1: Yeah, I've been riding Bama. Last couple of weeks. And I, I did. I've, I said it on the show. I've done a little pizza money on them to win the national championship. Now they got to really win this and some things have to fall their way to get in the playoffs and maybe try to take a chance with that. So we'll see. Yeah, Milrose, you know, he's becoming a star. I mean, he really is 16 out of 24 last week, 259, two touchdowns. And again, but the thing is, this guy can throw the ball a little bit. Now we've been saying all year, he's the Jeff Blake. He has that great deep ball. If you remember Jeff Blake for the Cincinnati Bengals with that high arching throw, but the guy can get on the ground, had 107 yards last week. Also, that was just special. Now, where's Georgia going to do? They're going to probably spy him. They're going to try to keep an eye on him and slow him down. Can they get the ball running a little bit? I like some of their wide receivers. Again, like you said, Georgia's going to try to pound the ball. They got Milton 156 yards last week. Edwards, another good back. They want to put Beck in good spots here. Kind of just slow this down a little bit. Could this come out and be a little slower pace? Could this get back to SEC football like we used to see, Matt, where this a little, little lower scoring game again? I've been saying over over in a lot of these games I don't know, my friend. I'm kind of leaning maybe an under in this one. Do you have any thoughts on the under in that? Yeah, the the over/under hasn't changed. It's um, started. What did it start at?
0: Started fifty-five and a half. We're at fifty-four and a half, which means some people have probably pounded that that under early, which is smart. I probably would lean the under too because there's not huge explosive plays here, and I really think Saban is going to have to grind this out. I think they're going to have to kind of muck it up. They don't have that huge wide receiver they had in the past with all these guys like Devonta Smith and Julio Jones. They always had the big weapon. They don't have it this year. Georgia has the best weapon in Bowers, and, man, is that guy good. I don't know how they're going to slow him down. He's cleared, ready to go. Like I said, I'm even trying to find some other goofy stats here. Leans, the way these guys go. Bama is 4-1 against all the good teams with the spread. Georgia's two and one against good teams with the spread. So they all cover. It's going to be hard to pick a side here. I mean, I think if you go money line, you have to go Georgia. But I think they're okay with that six, Randy. I do. I think that would be my play. I'd probably stay away from the total, but I wouldn't knock you for going to the under.
1: You know, I like teams too that come off a really bad performance. I mean, that was a bad performance. I mean Auburn 2 weeks ago lost to New Mexico State at home. Yeah. Now New Mexico State's having a great year. Jerry Kill's doing a fantastic job there. I'm not saying that, but New Mexico State shouldn't roll into Auburn and and upset them. Take all the money for playing the game and then walk out with the victory and the money. Shouldn't happen. And then Bama struggled. So can can this can save and get this team really motivated and refocus and be ready to go. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, this could be, but again, you got the Georgia Bulldogs. That is just, they're on they're a machine right now. I mean, yep. they're just a machine. I think it's up to like 29 wins in a row or something like that. Something sick. So we'll have to see. All right, moving on here. We touched on this game a little bit earlier when we broke down and I asked Maddie about Florida State getting in uh, the playoffs here. You got Louisville playing Florida State. I have it, Maddie, again. If you're on updated lines, that'd be great if you could chime in here. I have it at minus two and a half, 48 and a half. You got Louisville 10 and two, six, five and one ATS. You got Florida State, the Seminoles, 12 and 0, seven and five ATS. Now, the big thing is, again, you have your star quarterback out. They played Florida last week. They got behind. They came back and threw some points on, but not a ton of points against. Sorry to say, but Florida is not a very good defensive team. Now, if Florida win, Florida State wins, should they get in? We already kind of discussed that. I think they got to win a little bit. Here's another thing I just said about teams losing a game. Louisville lost to Kentucky last week. Are they going to be more motivated to come in here and try to spoil the season for Florida State? So, Maddie, again, can they win this game? Can they find a way in the playoffs? What's going to happen in this one?
0: Well, somebody said, let's hope there's no shenanigans in this game for Louisville to win this game because nothing more. The NCAA wants is to see Florida state loses game. So I hope it's on the up and up. I hope there's nothing shady going on here. The, the NCAA does not want them in the Final Four. And I hope they do get in. I hope they win this game. I think they can win this game. What's the kid's name? Stodebaker, the backup? Uh, Roadmaker. Yeah. He's pretty good. Uh, five touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he, he kind of got thrown into the fire. Me, personally, I'm sad about this because I had a ticket on Florida State to win the whole thing, and I had a Heisman Trophy ticket on Travis. Now, that one wasn't paying off. With about the last three weeks, it it just wasn't there. But I still am sad that Florida State's gonna basically have no shot to win this all. So I hope they play spoiler. I'd like to see them win and prove everybody wrong. I just, man, the line is two and a half right now, and the over/under has come down six points. It's down to one er, or forty-seven and a half. I actually think it might go over that because I think we're gonna see some desperation. If Florida State gets behind and we could see like a pick six from that kid pushing Louisville over somehow, I, this is going to be a no play for me. I, I I think the smart play is to bet Louisville, but grab them, grab a hook and get them plus three. And at least worse to worst, you might come out of this is with a push. So that's all I have. This is a sad one for me. The night's going to end on this and I won't be happy, but eh, so be it. What can you do? All
1: right. Yeah, Roadmaker, you know, again, he has some experience. He was 15 out of 25 last week, 134 yards, no touchdowns here. You got to get the playmakers in. Coleman has to get the ball more. Coleman's only coming off one catch last week. Wilson had more catches last week, six uh, catches in that game for 64 yards. The thing is, Benson, the running back, is dynamic, a great running back, but Louisville can stop the run. So that's going to be a thing. So like you said, I think Florida State's going to have to take some shots here and get – Some action here through the air. Can he do it? That's the big question mark. Where would I go in this game? Again, it's trickling down a little bit. I was thinking about the under in this. I'm kind of taking man. Why not just take a chance with Louisville bouncing back after that Kentucky loss and taking the money line? I might do a money line play on this. Take the Cardinals in this. I like the. I I mean, I would.
0: I would do that now in case this line comes down even more, where you can get a better number.
1: Absolutely. That's a great point. You know, Plummer's just going to have to play well. He sometimes can turn the ball over, so don't turn over. I think that's what this game's going to come down to. How many turnovers? What quarterback's not going to make the mistake here? So, I think yeah. that's a big thing.
0: And I got my money on the Florida State kid making one. That's probably going to cost them.
1: All right. Here's the one that myself and Maddie will be uh, excited for. You know, let's go and get three in a row, guys. You got Michigan against Iowa. 23 and a half over under 34 and a half where i'm going here if you have not been following these iowa lines i mean these over unders i mean it last week what was it matt it was like 25 i mean it was something. yeah,
0: over it, under 25
1: it was crazy None. i mean it's None. unbelievable man unbelievable what's going on here all right so you got michigan 12 and 0 6 5 and 1 ats you got iowa 10 and 2 6 5 1 ats Michigan's averaging 37, giving up 10. You got the Hawkeyes averaging. It's like, you know, the Hawkeyes, I'm going to just say it. They kind of, their uniforms are very close to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they score about the same points in a game. They're averaging 18. They give up 12, man, with (laughs) with that. So, you got Jimmy Harbaugh. He is back after this, but here's the thing. You got to win this. Can't lose this. I mean, that would be... What you did the last couple games, and especially being Ohio State again, you got to get through this game right now and get into the final and you know in the final four again. and then you got to do something in the final four. Can't keep losing in the semis here. All right, Maddie, I'm gonna ask you like this because I mean we're both Michigan fans. I think we know where this game's going to go, but this is why you play it. Can stranger things happen? Always stranger things can happen. Can Iowa hang in this game and make it a close game? No. <laughs> okay, there no, we go. No, they cannot.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, how are they going to score? They're they're bad. So I think it was Dr. Brent pointing out a bet. And I've seen this now on the internet today. So I'm going to give Dr. Brent props because he's ahead of the curve. Iowa's team total for the first half is (laughs) 0.5. How is that possible? I mean, a scoop and score on a fumble, a pick six, a safety, you get over it. A touchdown, a field goal. They're predicted to not score the first half. There's no way you can win a football game if your team total is 0.5 for a half of football. You just can't. Unless it's in a snowstorm, that's in... South Dakota on a high school field with no equipment, nothing. And this one's in a dome and Michigan's coming in and somebody said play the angle of where Harbaugh's back and he's going to be pissed and he's going to run it up, run it up in hopes of maybe the committee gives them the number one seat, especially if Georgia loses. Well, I mean, if Georgia loses period and they win, they're the top seed. So there is some, need in this game. Uh, the only thing I don't like is Iowa's defense is good. I'm going to give them props. So Michigan is going to try to run the ball. Iowa's going to probably stack the box and try to stop it. And without Zach Zinner, who they lost on the line, I'm intrigued to see how the backup comes in and plays. So I think this is going to be a game where they put the ball in McCarthy's hands a little more and let him throw it around. And what I would do is I would just roll him out and get his wheels moving because I think they're going to have to if the line stumbles a little bit against this Iowa front, but there's no way Iowa wins this game. If this, is, this would be Q's mortgage play. If you had it just on the money line, sure, you're not going to win SHIT, but put it on there, and hey, you'll win a little bit back. But yeah, this is Michigan. I can't lay those points, though. That's just nuts to do in a title game. So give me the Wolverines to win. I won't play the over-under either. I may look at a halftime bet. And especially just for fun. I actually might take Iowa to go over the half of a point. And, and who cares? It might be seventeen to three at half, and that's a that's a win.
1: So in the chat, don't see Iowa being able to score. Yeah, I mean I think you know, here's the thing. Hill the quarterback, the big kid. I think at one time against the Nebraska game last week, I think he missed ten in a row with his throws. I mean, they're they're just—I I don't know how they're going to move the ball against Michigan. I mean, they need yeah. they need a lot of breaks in this one. They need like a muff punt or something like that, like you know, yeah, just exactly everything like that. And a big return put him in a great spot. Break a run, real quick run here. I agree with you. You know, they lost Michigan, lost uh, the big guy on the line. Are they going to still try to pound the ball? Absolutely. That's what Michigan does. But I agree with you. I think you said it well. JJ is going to make more plays. They're going to throw the ball. You know, you got Wilson, you got Johnson, that Loveland, uh, the tight end's playing unbelievable right now. He's just like a really good guy that can catch the ball, can move when he catches the ball. You know, be be careful on a little trick play, man. They always like doing those tricks. They did it last week, throw it out to Edwards on a run, and then he throws the ball down the field to get something going. I think when Michigan gets going in this game, they're going to go, and this this one's going to get ugly here. So, yeah, this, this one's tough to – put anything on it except just sit back and watch and hopefully your team wins and they win another Big Ten championship, which is nice, but the other trophy would be a lot nicer. You got to now get in, you got to win a game and you got to get in the finals. Because And again, as a Michigan fan, I'm going to say this. If you get in the finals, if you lose, hey, one team has to win, one team has to lose. And especially if against Georgia, it's going to be tough. But, I mean, there's some really good teams that could get in this, so we'll see how it goes. But another great year by Michigan, in my opinion. You want to add anything, Matty, on that?
0: No, I was about the trick play, I think you're going to have to see Iowa actually do the trick play. I think Michigan is going to be pretty vanilla and just pound the ball, pound the ball, quorum. Quorum, what, needs two touchdowns to break the team record, I think. So he's close. I think they'll give him the ball. I think I was going to have to pull off some trick plays, maybe a fake punt, one of the throwback passes, a, a, a uh, hook and ladder type. You know, what? break it all out because they got to find some way to get the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, Ken in the chat just said about Cade getting hurt. That would have been great if he was the quarterback. And they had uh, the tight end also. The old Michigan tight end was playing, and I think yeah. he's hurt also. So two of the former Wolverines will not be in this game here. So, um, all right, let's move on. NFL time. Everyone let's wrap up the show here with some NFL plays and go. I'm going to ask Matt right now, Matt, I got some good stats from you for some people. Uh, Evan, uh, Abrams on, uh, on X had some good ones here. Let's just tell the audience, just start betting Monday night football. Do you know what, you know what it is, Matt? The so over/under, over/under. Do you know the number? 10, 10 and two. 13, the under, thirteen and one this year. <laughs> I got one here. Hopefully, this is correct, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it anyway. 58, 28 and one Monday night since
0: 2019. It's awful. It's been awful. Sunday it drives me. S- it drives me up a wall.
1: Sunday night, Monday night, thirty-two and three last thirty-five with the under this year and last year combined. Matt, okay, so let me ask this before we dive in to the couple games that we're going to break down for the audience here. Why do you think this is happening? What is going on? What's your overall thoughts on why is the scoring down in the NFL?
0: People don't want to hear it, but Tom Brady's right. It's mediocre. Mediocre is now the way to go. The Steelers are proving it. that mediocrity is the way to go. Oh, we know Tomlin doesn't have the losing record. Nine and eight, mediocre. I know it's the 17-game season. Everybody just wants to get the mediocrity. Nine wins gets you into the playoffs anymore. It's mediocre. There's the quarterbacks. Now, sure, there is a lot of injuries this year. I mean, Burrow, Cousins, Watson, Rogers. There's four stars. That's one eighth of the league already behind the eight ball. And then you have some really, really bad backups. I don't know what happened to the Billy Volek kind of days, Scott Mitchell kind of days, where you had a really good backup. I mean, the dude since he's rolling out there is awful. The
1: Jets, awful. Tim Boyle himself
0: said, I am not a pro
1: quarterback.
0: Tim he Boyle says, had
1: brutal numbers in college. Somebody posted. Yeah, he said,
0: I had a good pro day and showed some things, and somehow somebody bought into it. And lo and behold, here I am. Atlanta, brutal. The Colts, Minshew, okay, they've done okay. Derek Carr, like the guys who were actually in the top, like, 15 have even seemed to regret. Like Derek Carr is now a turnover machine. He's a turnover machine. The Patriots, um, the Hot Mess Express, that could be them every week. (laughs) They're awful. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are awful behind center. There's some really bad coaches Really bad quarterback, and that's made for a really bad product. The problem is we're seeing that product on Sunday night, primetime, Monday night, primetime, and Thursday night, primetime. They stink. The early games on Sundays have been absolutely phenomenal to watch. After that, it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Brady's right. Mediocrity is now the norm in football.
1: Well said. I don't know if I can really add on to it because I can't, you know, you take it with Thursday with a short week. And like you just said, these teams aren't very good to begin with. And then it's just the night games, you know, and Ken said, Hey, I've been hitting the unders. So, Hey, Ken, keep hitting the unders. You know, it has not flipped. You know, you, you listen to a lot of people and they always say, Oh, it's going to flip. It's going to flip. It's going to start. Well, I mean, maybe it will, but I mean, keep doing your thing and um, hopefully keep cashing those tickets. All right. Here we go. Thursday night. Let's see what we got in this one. We got Seattle. We got Seattle, Dallas. Dallas, I have it at minus nine nails. Again, if you have more updated, please shoot it out here. 47 and a half. Here's the thing, everybody. Keep an eye on this Cowboys team, especially at home. Listen to the numbers, Matt. I wrote down in the notes here, and I got some of these trends off covers.com. Great website there that kind of gives out some of these great trends here. Home games for Dallas, I wrote down tonight. 30 points, 38, 43, 49, 45 team points they've scored this year at home. They have been a scoring machine at home. I got off team total for the week, 27 and a half. I mean, come on now. Aren't we going to shoot over that tomorrow night?
0: Well, I'm going to, Ken's going to hate me and I'm going to refute everything you just said. The, the Cowboys are are what? They are 8-3.
1: and three. team that can score a lot of points at home. <laughs> sure. They played the New York Giants. The competition. York- yes, I knew. I thought you were going to go here. So, okay, the competition hasn't been great. Some of the home games, yes. Look, look at
0: the quarterbacks they've actually lost to. They lost to Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, and of all things, Josh Dobbs. Other than that, they played Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Yeah, they beat Herb, Herbert. They didn't even play the Rams with Matt, with uh, Stafford, Tommy DeVito, Bryce Young, and then Sam Howell. And Washington's a mess, so throw that game out of here. Their schedule's not that good right now. So I heard some people talking about Zach Prescott for MVP today, and I about wanted to poop myself because you're nuts. Um, he is putting up good numbers. And he's playing probably his best football. But when he's playing against good teams, he's just average again. And I think sure they're going to get in the playoff and then they might win one playoff game. And then I think we're going to see the typical Dallas and that's it. I mean, I think they actually beat Seattle and I think you're right. I think they will put up points at home. CD lamb is playing fantastic. I think they figured out the running back thing with Dowdle and uh, Pollard. They basically use Pollard second fiddle, even though he's still basically the starter. Sell him more and and let him do different things, screen game, et cetera. They're good. And I really like the tight end. I like Ferguson, and he gets tons of red zone looks. Seattle, to me, is kind of uh, – they're kind of fugazi this year. I don't trust Geno Smith. And I know Pete Carroll has done a really good job with that team, and I think they still can get in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, you have to lean Dallas. That's a big number, but I think they can backdoor cover. I think they can kick a field goal late and win by 10.
1: Yeah, I wrote down also in the notes, Seattle, when they played San Francisco, San Francisco scored 31, Baltimore scored 37, so the defense can give up some points in this, and again, like you said, Geno Smith's been struggling, they have weapons, Seattle has some weapons, now Walker, I think, was just rolled out a little bit ago, again, he's not going to go at running back with that, so... Yeah, this one right now. I, if I'd look at this, I, I'm looking at team points, or maybe let's try to get the uh, over in this. And if you want to do something, maybe tease the points down to 42 and a half, Match it with somebody else, and let's take the over in it. I love teasing. That. I don't.
0: I don't know if Parsons is going to play this week, especially on a short week. I think they might be smart to kind of sit him out, especially to get him the stretch around of their schedule here. So don't be surprised if he doesn't go. I know we've refuted everything about an over, but I actually think this is an overplay. I, I think Seattle can chuck up some late scores, and you can see a Dallas kind of a 30-20 to 20 win here.
1: All right, let's go with the local team. Nails this team right now. A lot of change is happening here. You got the Miami Dolphins coming into D.C. area here to play the Commanders nine and a half over unders 49 and a half could be a little, you know, little bit of rain on Sunday with the conditions, not, you know, about six mile per hour winds. So winds are not bad right now. Uh, The trend I got off covers.com 18 and five first half overs. Um, Keep an eye on that with this game, with these teams here, you know, DC made a lot of changes, Matt, after the Thanksgiving game against Dallas, where they gave up a lot of points, Miami can score some points. Is this one that you're just kind of saying, uh uh-oh, we're in trouble again here, and we made a lot of changes. Are they going to adjust here well? Can they slow down this Miami Dolphins attack?
0: The problem is they still didn't make the right changes, and that's Ron Rivera's got to go. Del Rio was awful. I don't think the guys in the locker room are exactly happy about what's going on there, which is kind of surprising because I remember preseason, Hugh asked me, aren't you excited about the commander this year with new ownership and Snyder's out bringing the uh, enemy and I'm like no I'm not uh, I, it's the same old BS with Rivera there the uh, enemy does have the offense play well and lo and behold Sam Howell leads the NFL in yards so I think this is going to be a shootout game I don't think they'll be able to stop Miami look at Tyreek Hill to score look at Waddle to score Moser to score uh, Washington's DBs are bad. The kid they drafted first round, I was never fond of, and he's proven me absolutely correct. I think Miami lights him up, and I'm actually going to root against my team because I want him to get blown out. Please get Rivera out of there. I I don't care. Give the enemy a shot. See how he does for the remainder of the year. See if he can hold down the head coaching job because that's who's going to be rumored to have it anyway. So why not just do it now and see what you have? Get a better draft pick. Get me another... Well, they better go O line because that's still the biggest need in my opinion. Kind of like the Steelers, who we always rip on and whatnot. But yeah, I think this one gets ugly, Smitty. I think the, I think the Dolphins will really put it to him.
1: Yeah, I think D.C. is going to just clear in a clean house. I think the enemy is yep. going to be gone too. I, you know, I've heard some things that some of the players aren't very happy with him on the offensive side. So I, I, I agree. I think I think they should have made a move and got rid of Rivera about two weeks ago and said and gave the enemy a chance just to see what they have. And if it what didn't improve and they weren't happy how he was running things and say, okay, we got a really clean house. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a team that has a lot of cap space. They got a lot of draft picks. You Got a young quarterback that I think is good. So I think they have a lot of things that you might have a coach that can come in and a, maybe a GM and really take over and uh, maybe some more positive things are coming for the commanders here.
0: All right, let's hit yeah, Rivera should have never been allowed into the facility after they lost to the giants at home being the yes. double digit favorite. I agree. I mean, the, excuse me, you lost the to Tommy DeVito and uh, the Cal U Vulcan wide receivers. It, it, you're, it, you're, you're kidding me. So yeah, enough about the, Commanders,
1: Redskins. All right. All right. Let's move on to, like, my team here and some people that listen to the show. We got Arizona traveling into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, man, I can't believe Pittsburgh's favorite by five and a half to anybody, but they are five and a half over under 41 and a half. You know, the under, uh, again, from Covers.com, unders has been uh, great in a lot of these games, going eight out of the last nine, I think, with the Steelers here. You know, and you got Arizona not scoring a lot of points. They're averaging on the road about 11 points per game, and they're coming off an ugly loss last week to the Rams. You had Pittsburgh, Matt, though, finally looked like they were, they got rid of Matt Canada. They got rid of the offensive coordinator. They actually did. Look like slightly a football team. They did have over 400 yards finally on offense. Did they, get, they got in the red zone. They did not do much in the red zone. That has to change coming up here soon. Got to score touchdowns. You cannot kick field goals here. Now, do you still have some issues? I think you do because, you know, you've heard the week before you had Johnson get in a fight with Fitzpatrick in the locker room and they had to break it up. Tomlin was slightly losing the locker room. And I've said that to people, and you could see it. And I think that's why they needed a change. I heard it was the quarterback, bench him, or get rid of the offense coordinator. He still wanted to stay with Pickett. I thought at times last week, Pickett had some okay throws. I have not seen enough from Pickett, though, still to think that he is the franchise quarterback here. I like what they're doing with the running back position. Warren did not have the greatest game last week, had a fumble in the red zone, but he has been good. I think Harris has been good. I like that. They're getting the ball out a little bit more. They finally got Faurermouth involved. I think he had over 120 yards receiving. Matt, where are you going here? I you know, I always love taking the Steelers in a teaser. I, I I personally would tease this up and still take probably an under in this one. Take it up, but I I like the Steelers. You can get them down to like a pick 'em or you know like plus half. I think they're going to win this game. I think they'll beat Arizona. What's your overall thoughts on the Steelers?
0: Well, I actually get to go see this crap show in person. Oh, nice. I'm going to be at the game. Nice. So, man, you know what? One of the first things uh, somebody asked me on Sunday after the game was, you have to be excited about that offense. I'm like, excited about an offense that scored 16 points against a fumbling Bungles team right now? Not really excited. Now, I know they did open it up. I was excited that they threw the ball over the middle, and it worked like a charm. Friermuth, who's a good ball player, looked great. Deonta Johnson is an absolute mess. Get him out of town, bench him. Don't even play him. I guess he apologized to the team. It was team a bad luck.
1: It was a bad apology, too, if you really listened to it.
0: Somebody said it was a great apology, and I'm like, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. These local people are so brainwashed over this team. Pickens has to get more catches and more involved. I think they're just going to run the ball, though, and they should because Warren looks good. Najee ran well. Just keep doing it. Keep playing these ugly games, grind it out against a bad opponent, get a win, move on. Heck, they might win that division. That's not out of the question, which is baffling to me. So I I think Cleveland falls back because of all their injuries. Maybe no Miles Garrett this weekend. Since he's done, uh, you can't win with that team without Joe Burrow. And Baltimore, I know Lamar has played well, but they have some big injuries. No Andrews, so they're not the same. This Steeler team somehow, some way can do it. But you're right, man. Tomlin's got to figure something out. Somebody needs to step in and say, look, you got to get control of this team. Put your foot down. Stop being the bro that you think you are with all these guys. Be more of a mentor, not a friend. But I think they win. Um I think you're right, though. You've got to tease it down to a pick I would not want to lay the five and a half. I think it's a lot. Arizona, Arizona I think, is going to fling it around. Murray's dangerous. Brown, Rondell Moore, the big tight end has played really well. Uh, McBride, if they if they didn't lose the Wilson kid to injury earlier, I actually think they'd be pretty good. Yeah, if I had to take – if you made me take a spread, I'm going to take Arizona plus the points. But we'll tease it down go Steelers pick them.
1: I think Fitzpatrick is back for the Steelers. I think he's back in this week. That's what I heard. So that will be a big. Yeah, he's been practicing.
0: So. Yeah. In the yeah.
1: secondary for the Steelers. They really need that. Porter Jr.'s been playing extremely well right now, but that's a big key to get back. All right, let's go to um, the 425 game. The big one, San Francisco heading into Philly here. San Francisco's 2 and 5, uh, 46 and a half. This another one very like similar to the Steelers, DC game, cloudy with a chance of rain. Wins not that bad here. You saw last week. Philly played in a rain game against Buffalo last week. Buffalo really had Philly on the ropes. They lost an OT here. I mean, Matt, is this crazy that you have a team that is Philly, I think, has one has one loss on the year and they're at home and they're dogs in this game?
0: Yeah, that's not. Um somebody knows something we don't. I I, I don't the only thing that I that kind of makes this right is it's kind of like when we broke down USC in college when they had that really crazy stretch and you're like man when are they going to run out of gas and I think that might be the Eagles for a week I mean who's their last opponent? I'm going to pull it up real quick so they had a blood shed knockdown fight against um, the Bills which the kick, I'm going to do this as I look at this robot That kick that Jake Elliott made, unbelievable. Absolutely maybe the best kick personally that I've seen. It, to win a game in that condition, not so. So they actually had a, a pretty, well, Not nah, it wasn't rough. They played a a home, so they played Buffalo, right?
1: Played Buffalo. Kansas
0: City, yep. in, win, in Kansas City, win, and Dallas. You basically played three top seven teams in your last three weeks. Dallas, KC, Buffalo. Now you got your uh, San Francisco rolling in and then Dallas again. Man, what a rough stretch. That's five tough games. I think they will lose one of these. I don't know if it's going to be this week, though. They're so good. Somebody somebody said, think about this. It's always they're saying, well, they have four downs to always move the chains because if it's Fourth and one. They're going to get, own it. Fourth, yeah, they're they get gonna, it. They're going to get well, it. Think with that of it push. This way. Yeah, think of it this way. What if it's every first down? They only have nine yards to go. And that's how they should think about it. They're not afraid to take shots down the field. Now, they've done a little less, I think, because Hurts is dinged. But I think he's finally coming through and he's been running more. And if he runs more, I think they can hang in this game. I hope Lane Johnson's back. I will not lay the point with San Francisco here. If you're going to give me three with the Eagles, I'll take the three with the Eagles. I might even buy a hook. I think this is a field goal game, but I'll probably sprinkle a little on Philly money line as well. I think they're, I mean, it's the the team coming West Coast. There's a lot of bad blood here. And Niners said some things last year that they would have won the game if they had Purdy. Well, we're going to find out. So I think I think the Eagles will be really fired up for this one.
1: All right, I like San Francisco in that one. I like a team that's coming off um, a Thursday, a Thanksgiving game, a little extra rest on that. So I think they're just yeah. a better team. I really, I mean, you said some great points about Philly. I agree with everything about you know four down and they do. I mean, if it's fourth and one, they're getting it, everybody. I mean, they could yeah. do they could do that play multiple times and get yards here. But I like, I think San Francisco. I think they're the best team in football, so I'm going to take a chance on San Francisco. I do a money line on that. I think they're going to win the game. All right, I I put this one down for us to discuss. You got the Sunday night game, so we already talked about the unders here. You got Kansas City traveling into Green Bay minus six uh, over under forty two and a half. But Matt, why I want this game here? You got a Kansas City team that has really been struggling trying to score in the second half. I mean, that just the unders have been hitting in their second half, so they can't put points on. Guys can't catch the ball. And Jordan Love is starting to get better. He had a great game on Thanksgiving against Detroit, 22 out of 32, 268, three touchdown passes. You know, you got to get Dylan running the ball a little bit. Uh, the other uh, running back is out right now. Uh, Watson finally had one of his breakout games on Thanksgiving, five catches, 94 yards, a touchdown here. I just don't know about this camp. I mean, I get, listen, you got maybe the best quarterback. You got a great head coach. You got a very good defense. The thing is, can these guys catch the ball? It just seems like this team, you know, last week against the Raiders, they're down 14 nothing in a blank in that game. I'll tell you what, I'd take a chance. I'm, I am I like Green Bay in this with the, with the spread.
0: I agree with you. Uh, I think that's too many. Uh, six. My, I think this is going to be a field goal game. The, the total is only 42.5, which is kind of low. I think the problem for Green Bay is uh, A.J. Dillon hurt, Aaron Jones hurt. They're on their third um, running back, and he's not very good. In fact, I'm not even sure who it is, J.J. Uh, Taylor, Patrick Taylor, one of those guys. So There's going to be a struggle. I think if I play this, and I'm gonna, we're going to have to look at the weather, I'm going to play the over because I think Green Bay is going to have to sling it around. And you summed it up, Watson. Dan Orlovsky on ESPN actually had a terrific breakdown where he's finally learning to be an NFL receiver, just in and out of his breaks. And he seems to have a chemistry with Love. Now Love's not afraid to throw it. I think he, I think he kind of had like the Kenny Pickett syndrome there for a while. He was afraid to make mistakes, but he really opened it up against the Lions on Thanksgiving. I like the over forty two and a half here, and if I were to do anything, I would probably tease that down and go like over thirty six and a half, and then maybe even do the same game parlay and tease Green Bay up to twelve. So, a little food for thought. But yeah, I'm with you. I think I think the Packers can hang here.
1: Yeah, you said about the conditions. There is some rain, some snow, a little bit during the day, but this is a night game. It's last time I saw, it, it was cloudy, but you do have over twelve mile per hour winds here. So. You know, anytime the wind gets a little bit over 10, always keep an eye on that under. But again, I kind of agree with you. I mean, these are two offenses that could get it going here. I like Green Bay, like I said. And I, I, what I'll probably say, man, you know, with the with the trends, I would tease it up to about 48 and a half. And I would take uh, Green Bay up to plus 12 and try to do a teaser with that. So real quick, Matt, before we get out of here. Two other games I just want to hear. You know, we're going to give out Old Man in the Garage. He always gives out the dogs. He loves playing the dogs on here. But I want to give you, which one would you take for our audience here as a dog? And again, hopefully it hasn't changed, but I'm going off older lines. But I had the Saints as a dog this week in a close line against the Lions. Lions, again, have not looked the same as had they have over the last couple of weeks. They struggled on Thanksgiving. Goff is throwing some picks over here. Would you take the Saints? or Denver against the Texans. Denver is about a three point dog traveling into Houston this week against the Texans here. Who would you, if you had to throw some money on a money line dog, would it be the saints at home or would it be Denver on the road?
0: If you're making me make a play it's Denver, just because um, I trust Sean Payton way more than the new Orleans coach, Dennis Allen. Par is a mess. No Michael Thomas. I mean, their number one Olave, I think, had a concussion maybe last week, so he's tentative. I can't trust that team at all. I don't care if it's at home. It's a dome. That's uh, Detroit has to, has to keep winning, or they're going to be they're going to go end up going into the playoffs as like the four seed, which at, for some unknown time they were the two seed behind Philly, and now that's looking. Really questionable, especially with San Francisco. But I like Denver, although I'm not touching that. And, in fact, if I were to bet the Denver game, I'm going to take Houston Moneyline to win that in a close one. I think C.J. Stroud gets it done again. I think he's had – there's a streak of fantasy players who've had 10-plus points per week. He's had 10-plus points, I believe, in every game this year. So he's off to a really good start. Who else would you want to have? Like if you're starting a fantasy team, CJ yep. Stroud, the tank doll. Who would have ever thought that at the beginning of the year? I really like what Houston's doing. But if you're making me pick a dog, give me Denver. Um, especially if I'm gonna get three and a half. But yeah, money line, give me give me the Broncos.
1: All right, old man in the garage. What's his two? He has two plays this week. He's gonna go with Tennessee. I kind of like this one. I like Tennessee at home to upset the Colts. Taylor is a little nicked up with a finger, might be out. He's coming off a big game here. I kind of like Tennessee at home, but he likes Tennessee to win that game. And then he is on the Eagles fly, Eagles fly against San Francisco. That's his two plays of the week. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody, it was good to be back. We had about a two-week time. We were off. It's great to be back in studio talking sports with you. Thank you so much. I want to just give out Ken. Man, Ken's high on the Broncos, man. Denver, Denver. I think Denver is making the playoffs. All right. They are. They're playing well, Ken. And I can't, I can't say anything about that, man. I think they have a good shot going in and keeping that game close on Sunday too. That'd be a big win if they could go in there and pull off a win against the Texans here. But, uh, Hey, everybody, thanks for checking it out. Hey, we got some, man, my basketball's on fire. I'm not trying to jinx anything, but it's looking good right now. I got one more play ready to tip off in a little bit. Vanderbilt tonight against BC, so jump in. Maddie. what was your play one more time tonight? I have USC land 17 against uh, Eastern Washington. 17, okay, yeah, you got that USC team, man. They can get up and down on the court. I can't wait until we start talking college basketball. We're going to try to bring my on favorite. some great guests again like we always do but hey thanks again it was a blast to get back talking sports with my man maddie here maddie what do we always say
0: hey bang your bookies everybody thanks for listening to the notebook wagering podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at notebook wagering until next time